What is good, everyone? It's your host, Deanna Radulescu with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. I'm super pumped. Got another incredible published author here on the show. Also a U.S. karate team member. He's been inducted into the Mar- Martial Arts Hall of Fame. He's been on Believe It, Ripley. Ripley's Believe It or Not. Bleh, couldn't get that out. He's also an activist. Please welcome Mac McGregor. Mac Thank you so much. That's quite the laundry list of the grocery list of all the things that you've done and you're involved yes. in. I know it's it's a little crazy. And now I've founded this nonprofit, Positive Masculinity, and written this crazy book. And it's just, it's been a wild ride. It's been a lot of fun. I think that our life, living, creating our legend is about doing different, multiple different things and touching areas in our life that you never thought were possible. And to keep yourself open to that is where that magic happens, you know? So true. And the big string, you know, that pulls me from my, my center, whatever you want to call it, you know, your, your calling, your, I call it my string is that I'm, I'm a teacher at heart. So yeah. whenever I learn, I teach. And that's one of the things you know, we, we were talking before we got out here that we both are martial artists. That's one of the things the martial arts teaches you. Yeah. Learn something, you have to then turn around and help someone else with it, like yeah. learn it, right? Yes. And there's something beautiful about that, right? Because it teaches you to pass it on. Yes. Which makes it more solid in you too, because you have to go back and think about every step of how to do it. Yeah, that's so true. Well, yeah, we are, I'm a secondary black belt, not at your level. And I I haven't really practiced and Oh gosh, maybe like six, no, eight years. I mean, but I still like, I don't know about you as a martial artist, but like when I watch action movies, I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> my wife, my wife like tries to back away from me. <laughs> I know. And just because when you've done it and you've competed and you've learned all those moves, it's like ingrained in you. You're like, ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So before we get into all the juicy stuff, like your book and your not-for-profit, what were you on Ripley's Believe It or Not for? Well, I'm one of about 28 people in the world that demonstrate something called combat qi. Uh, many people know what the word qi is. That's the Chinese word. Qi means internal energy or life force energy. Qi is the Japanese word for the same thing. Okay. And so what my instructor did is he developed a way to, a lot of us are familiar with using qi breathing or you know, yeah, health health purposes yeah. and things, but he developed a way to take strikes to vital areas of the body and not get hurt. Oh, like I've had a three hundred pound man punch me in the throat, raise my chin and punch me as hard as he can in the throat, and I shake his hand afterwards and ask him if he'd like to buy me a drink. You know, yeah, <laughs> uh, the the most dangerous one we had was four guys punching all around the neck, even one in the spine, all at once, and you know, which is kind of crazy uh, and very dangerous. Yeah. I, I even demonstrated this at Mayo Clinic and the doctors, they were blown away. They told me that I blew everything they learned in medical school. I should be in all this trauma and yeah. So, but it's mind, body, breath focused together. Yeah. We can do incredible things when we learn to do that. Yeah. You know, and I think we're just beginning to scratch the surface of that. Well, yeah. I, what is it? The what's the, such a low percentage of the amount of our brain that we use that if we actually tapped into fifty percent, we'd probably be almost like superpowers beyond right. things that people really can believe. We are are we limit ourselves more than I think that people realize, and it's just like 
So how long did it take you to take you to master that technique? Or do you ever really truly master it? It's always probably. Well, you know, there's, there's, there's about 28 of us that have that title master combat key master. And I'm one of those, and I'm one of the small people. Like okay. a lot of the people are what I would call the no neck guys. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. football linebacker looking guys. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one of the reasons my instructor really likes to show me is because, you know, it, there's all the guys hitting me are bigger than me. So there's no way I can muscle through that. Right. You know, right. It has to be good technique. It took a long time. I mean, you don't start off taking really hard hits. No. You start off just, you know, light little things and then and then you work up to it. And the master test is what they they showed on um, Discovery Channel, filmed my master test. I had to go through blindfold. Okay. And so I didn't even know where they were going to hit me or when they were going to hit me. I had to raise my arms, get kicked in the ribs, get a flying sidekick into my chest, all kinds of different areas they were hitting me. Yeah. And I had to just be able to stand, shake, shake the hand of my instructor at the end to pass this test. That's why very few people want to sign up for that master test. Yeah. Why did you want to sign up for Why, why did you do it? Oh well, I had the feeling, you know, I'll be honest, when I was a little kid, yeah, part of what got me into the martial arts is what my mom's second husband beat her. And I was a little kid. I was five years old. I was too young to do anything to protect her and help her. Oh, wow. I've never forgotten that. And I've never forgotten seeing someone in that kind of helpless situation. And I've then spent my entire life empowering other people, teaching them self-defense, teaching them how to take care of themselves. And, you know, I thought when I saw this combat key, I thought, well, wouldn't it be just healing and empowering to let the biggest guy in the room be able to hit me and not let it, and it doesn't phase me. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. That's why I did it. Well, thank you for sharing that. So uh, we have some some similarities there. My father was very abusive towards my mom, and I've spent a majority of my life just like really much in protective mode, and that's why I started martial arts and used to pick fights with people, and now I'm in a much better place, <laughs> obviously, but I can relate to that feeling. So yeah. I, 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 I can relate. So talk to us about this book. I love the name of it, Positive Masculinity Now. Yeah, yeah, you want to pull it, show it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll show the book. There it is. Yeah. This is an author's copy. That's why it has that gray streak across of it. Okay. So uh, authors get early copies so we can go through and mark anything up, making changes we want, you know, before it goes live. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I got this download from the universe about four years ago when the, you know, the we were in the height of the Me Too movement and there was a lot of talk about toxic masculinity. And I was listening to this and I'm, you know, I'm a, I have six nieces. I have two granddaughters. I have a lot of women in my life that I love and adore. And so I was really paying attention to what they were saying. And I thought, why aren't men being a part of this conversation? Mm. And, and why aren't men talking about how the patriarchy and toxic masculinity has also harmed us? Yeah and limited us, put us in these little boxes, you know, and caused a lot of damage, right? Yeah. And so I thought, why don't we start this conversation? We need to be a part of it and a part of creating something healthier for all of us to move forward. I love that. So I called my a good buddy of mine, 
And I said, because I knew he had had experience with toxic masculinity because he was, I would say, a Kinsey scale six gay guy. Okay. Very gay, you know, like, <laughs> that's very gay for those of you who don't know the Kinsey scale. Yeah. And uh, super amazing, smart, wonderful guy. Yeah. But he was, his father was one of those toxic type of guys. He grew up in that house and he became a, he's a long, tall, lanky guy. He became a state track champion and his father would never once go support him and cheer him on at a track meet because he told him it wasn't a man enough sport. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because he wasn't hitting someone. He wanted you to play football. Wow. And you know, that was the kind of stuff he heard all the time from his dad. Everything he did wasn't man enough. Yeah. You know, and he just browbeat him all the time over it. So I shared this idea with my friend and said, would you be interested in doing this, starting a men's group? Let's start this conversation. He's like, yes, let's do this. That would be awesome. Wow. So he and I went on this journey and started this and started a nonprofit and started these monthly men's groups. And we created lesson plans and started walking the guys through deconstructing how we're socialized around what it is to be a man. Because it's hard to separate those expectations we're taught, you know, with who who we really are after you've been socialized that way for so long. Right. Yeah. You don't, you don't even really know who you'd be without that. Yeah. You know, so we started this. And since then, my dear friend that started with me, Drew, has, he passed away of cancer. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Thank you. He, I dedicated the book to him, to our friendship. Yeah. Um, and he died at only 48 years old in cancer. Oh, God. Right. Yeah. But the work is continuing and is growing and is thriving. And I, you know, I, I, I hope that he looks down and sees that I was able to get this book out and, you know, our message is reaching more people. That's beautiful. And so before we started recording, I said, um, you know, I've talked to one other person previously about, you know, just like having, um, a softer side to masculinity, I guess. I I'm not. I'm not saying the correct words, but it's like men are programmed, you know, at an early age to be a certain way, and a lot of it has to do with like passed down from generation to generation. I think there's a very there's a select few that haven't had that type of, you know, father where like you, it's not man enough, or you're, you know, have that expectation and to treat women a certain way and act this way in life and not have, like, be. Um, yeah. So I, what is one thing that you hear from the men that you work with that is a hard, a hard um, obstacle for them to get over to allow themselves to be more vulnerable? Well, I mean, men have been told since as little as like four or five years old to stop crying, to stop showing emotion, right? Huh. Anything that is, is like showing tender, uh, showing any tenderness yeah. or fear or pain. You're told to stuff it down. Yeah. So the hardest thing is just peeling back the layers of all that and getting them to realize that we were all created as emotional beings. Yeah. And when we constantly try to stuff that stuff down, it's going to come out one way or another, unfortunately. And we see with the amount of violence we see in our country, mostly, you know, 99 point something percent of it by young men. Because they don't know what to do with all that. When you yeah. stuff it out, it's going to come up. And in another way, the highest suicide rate is among middle-aged men. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Again, because they don't feel like they can ask for help because that's another sign of weakness is what we've been taught around yes. masculinity, right? 
Um, and of course, to admit that you're depressed or that you're sad, that would be a sign of weakness. We're supposed to be, have it all together. Right. Be the man, you know? Yeah. So I think the hardest thing is getting them to realize that they've been fed a lot of lies. Yeah. That aren't serving them well. Right. Once they see it, they're like, oh my God, once you give them a safe space, a safe, supportive space to open up and talk about it, it is just amazing. Yeah. What happens? And that's what we do. We create a safe, supportive container where guys can talk about these things. And and when one guy opens up, it helps another guy open up. Right. And it yeah. starts this, this, uh, and then boy, it's amazing what comes out. I love it. I think it's, you're doing great work. And I think it's very important to, for men to understand that it being vulnerable is, uh, um, it, it makes you stronger. I feel like for me yeah. myself, like I had grew up in such an abusive home. Like I was never vulnerable. It's always tough. Like I'm strong or, you know, and as I've gotten older and I've healed from all that past trauma and I've worked on myself, like being vulnerable actually is a strength and it's not a weakness. And it allows me to connect on levels, uh, connect with, you know, family, friends, my partner on levels that I never thought were possible. That's so true. And, uh, you know, the amazing Brene Brown talks about that a lot. She's the vulnerability guru, right? And we've actually uh, talked about her a lot in our group and her work. Yeah. One of the things, you know, that I tell them is, look, I'm a, I'm a badass fighter, right? I've stood in front of big, really tough people yeah. in competition over the years and on the U.S. karate team. And it takes more chutzpah to embrace vulnerability than it does to get in the ring. Of yeah, it's scary. <laughs> it's very scary. It's easy to be yeah. tough and have this freaking like wall up. It's, it's hard to allow yourself to really be in touch with your emotions and to communicate that in a constructive way. And, and hopefully someone will accept you and under, try to show you some understanding and, and compassion. I think we're all scared, men and women, of not being accepted if we tell our truth, right? Sure. Whatever that looks like for someone. And at the end of the day, who cares? Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. screw you. If you don't, you know, if you're not going to accept my truth, I'm yeah. Well, all right, bye. See ya. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, you know, that's true. And one of the things though I teach the, the guys to do that I think is important to have as a part of that discussion is, is about discernment. Yeah. And that's about, you know, when I said we create a safe space and container for them to be supported in this, to open up, to be vulnerable, you know, there's not, not every place you go and not every room you're in is going to be a safe, supportive container for you to pour your heart out. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah, and I do think we have to have discernment as to where that that is safe and where it isn't. Yeah, that's very true. Right, you're not going to go into like the supermarket and start saying, "Oh my gosh, you know, blah blah blah," to some stranger. <laughs> to some stranger. Although I ran into some strangers, people on the street that started telling me their whole life story. I'm like, "Wow, I must look very inviting." Right, <laughs> happens to me all the time. It's because when you actually make eye contact with people, I think so many don't. Yeah. And when you actually see people there, they just, some of them just open up. <laughs> yeah. That's so true. It's sad though, that so many people are are missing that connection with others. You know, that's, <laughs> I, that's what, that's what it's all about. We really, at the end of the day, all truly want to feel connected and understood and, and just, yeah, all that good one stuff. One of the things, one of the chapters I wrote in the book and one of the workshops I teach and I work with our guys in is about having healthy masculine friendships. This is something that we as masculine people can learn from women 
women are so much better at really sharing what's going on inside with their close friends. Yeah. And guys, a lot of times only talk about work and sports with their buddies, you know? Yeah. And they do the shoulder to shoulder talk. So they don't even actually look at each other because, you know, that's not true, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I work with them on how to have real healthy, you know, intimate friendships where you can actually share. You'd be amazed at how many guys that I've talked to that said they had a lifelong friend. Some of them had a friend since like they were in elementary school together and now they're, you know, in their 40s or 50s. Right. And their friend had like a parent pass away and they don't, they, they're they totally at a loss of how to comfort their friend or how to be there for their friend. Oh, wow. Even though they've been friends since they were little kids, they're uncomfortable with how to, you know, comfort them or just to be there for them. Yeah. And, and it's because, yeah, it's because we've been taught, well, if you, you know, put your arms around your buddy, even though you've been friends in school, you may be gay or something. It's this whole crazy, it's ridiculous. And yeah. what that does is it puts a big wedge between men's friendships. Yeah. Where w- women don't worry about that craziness. They don't, you know, um, and, and it, you know, it's something we can learn from women. Yeah. I, well, I would agree. Well, we're getting close on time here. Where can people find you, reach out to, connect with you, and learn more about everything that you're doing? PositiveMasculinityNow.org. And uh, we have, uh, you know, all of our information about coming. Our our meetings are virtual since oh. the pandemic. We went virtual. Now we have, and we're staying that way because now we have guys joining us from all over the place. Yeah. You know, that's so cool. that's really beautiful. It is. Uh, and the book is on Amazon. You know, you can find it in Kindle or Pledge. Um, it's, it's it's amazing. One of the things I was going to mention to you is this quote from the book that I think is really interesting. Okay. We're talking about softening. I said, rigidity is nothing to celebrate. The ability to stay soft and agile with all of the adversity that we all face is rare. Yeah. Soft. You know, as some as athletes, one of the things I talk about is the importance of agility as an athlete. Because right, if you're rigid, that's when you get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. When you're agile, you know, if something twists or does the wrong way, you can bounce with it. You can move with it, right? Yeah. But when you're rigid, things will tear as an athlete. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Injured, right? Yes. And the same thing happens to us emotionally. Yeah. If we're rigid emotionally. Right. We're going yeah. to get, we're going to get friction. We're going to get hurt. If we're yeah. flexible, emotional agility is, is just as important as physical agility. I would agree. Oh, that was good. Was that your last words of advice and wisdom? Yeah. Or that was? Be yeah. soft. Be you know, agile. <laughs> yes. Be agile. You know, one of the things I, I teach is also how there's not one way to be masculine or feminine. I call it masculinities. Yeah. There are many ways. I mean, we can look at, you know, the Hulk and we can look at Fred Rogers. Those are very two different types of masculinity. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> yeah. But they're all masculinity. Yeah. And you know. it's just like the same thing with women. We have the many That's different ways to be women. You know, there's, no, you know, not one, one size fits all. There's, a, there's, a, it's okay to be any way that you want to be as long as you're willing to open yourself up and grow and be a better version of yourself every That's single true. day what it's all about right every day just becoming a better version of ourselves 
Yes. Well, Mac, this has been a great conversation. I could keep talking to you forever, but we're going to close on time. So we'd have, we'll have to have you back, you know, maybe next, sure. if you have another event or another book, something, sure. come back, update the audience, and we'll continue the conversation. Thank you for all the work that you do. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. All right, you guys, this is your host, Deanna Radulescu with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label, label free. Don't forget to subscribe, follow, rate, review, share, comment, all those good things. And I'll be back soon with more dynamic guests.